Welcome to Kankakee Podcast, where we talk about the people and places of Kankakee County. I'm Jake Lamore, and before we get too deep into this episode, I want to give a shout out to Chicago Dough Company in Bourbonnet for providing my girlfriend and I with an amazing dinner the other night. We uh, love going there on a regular basis, and we actually went there for dinner after a Kankakee podcast meeting and had a delicious cauliflower crust pizza, which is one of our favorites there, among many other things like their breadsticks and salad. And what I love about the Chicago dough cauliflower crust is that it doesn't taste like you're biting into cauliflower crust. I feel like you're eating a regular pizza crust from Chicago Dough. So please show them some love and support. They're one of the greatest pizza places here in the county, if not the greatest. So if uh, you want to order online today, you can do so at chicagodough.com and then have it delivered right to your door tonight or maybe for lunch or whenever it is that you're listening to this. They're obviously not open for breakfast, but maybe one day they'll make that happen. So shout out to Tim and everyone else at Chicago Dough for all of their support for Kankakee Podcast. So today on this episode, we're focusing on Bourbonnet as well, which is why I thought it would be great to mention a Bourbonnet business like Chicago Dough. We are talking about the 1837 Log Schoolhouse that is officially being unveiled tomorrow if you happen to be listening to this episode uh, before November 15th. I am pleased to welcome Dr. Charles Belize, who is one of the wonderful board members at the Bourbonnet Grove Historical Society, and he kind of walks us through the 1837 Log Schoolhouse. Dr. Charles Belize, welcome. It's a pleasure to be with you, Jack. Yes. Long it's, time. Long it, yeah. time. We know each other. We now have we known each other. other. Right. I, it's uh, at least 10 years, I think. At least, at least. Yeah. yeah. So it's great to have you here on the podcast today. And the day this episode is being released, the following day is when the opening ceremony is going to be for the Bourbon A. Okay. Long Schoolhouse. Mm-hmm. That's something that everyone can go to in Bourbonnet. That Absolutely. We, encur- we encourage everyone to go if you happen to be listening to this before the ceremony or even after the ceremony. I mean, it's it's going to be there for hopefully all of eternity now. Yes, um, well, yes, certainly. You know, it took a lot of work, a lot of money, I must say, to get this going. But uh, amazingly, first of all, amazingly, this uh, log schoolhouse survived which is amazing in itself. You know, that's uh, from 1837. And uh, as you know, there's uh, 
a lot of so-called urban removal, which is not exactly what's good for history and preservation. But this log schoolhouse survived. This was found in what? It was two thousand, almost. It was about ten years ago, right? When this house was discovered, when the log schoolhouse was discovered. Yes, it was part of uh, uh, another building, and they <clears throat> decided to demolish the the building. They discovered that inside that building was a was a log schoolhouse. I mean, they they realized what the schoolhouse later on, but they. They discover the logs, and this is uh, actually a construction which, from from a school, also became a, a house from different French Canadian families. And this is uh, so. This is why this um, is historical on on many levels. One level is, of course, 1837 when it was put together, but later on when it became the the house of different uh, French-Canadian uh, families. So that is uh, certainly interesting in many ways. To me, it's just mind-blowing that it wasn't known that there was the school log house was inside this other building until they started demolishing it, yeah. right? There was no knowledge of that? Yes, well, they, they realized it when they started demolishing it, and of course then, you have local historians, you know, like, uh, you know, Vic Johnson and certainly Jim Paul and, and a lot of people who did a lot of work, you know, on, on that domain who will start looking. And, uh, and also, you know, I salute uh, the village of Bourbonnais, which uh, intervened to make sure this, uh, the logs will be saved and put together in a warehouse owned by the village of Bourbonnais. Did we know about this log house before it was discovered in 2011? Or what did we know before? I don't think, well, I think the local historians, and I'm thinking of Vic Johnson and maybe Adrien Richard, uh, knew about an existing log schoolhouse, but uh, I do not think they knew where it was located. Or if they knew, uh, I, I don't think they realized the importance because, you know, it was when it was transformed into a lodging back in 1850. I think the family was Le Gris and the different, uh, different, there are two French Canadian families. In fact, some of the descendants will be at the opening or official opening, which is quite exciting. That's very exciting. And I did see the. <laughs> There is the Legree house. It was just a sign yes. put up next to it. Exactly, exactly. Now, that's so, not where the log house was, though, right? No, no. The, the log house uh, was about uh, about maybe 500 feet away from where it is. The log house has been transferred next to the Tuno house, and the Tuno house also survived. You know, originally the Tuno house, which is a the headquarters of the Bourbonnais Grove Historical Society was destined to be used by the fire department as an example to destroy and 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 take a fire down. And, and at that time, I think about 15 years ago, this was stopped and saved. So the the Latourno house was moved to where it is now. 
you know, not to f be basically uh, not far from from the city hall of the village, and uh, and then the whole area, which actually the land belongs to to the to the village of Bourbonnais, but is a kind of uh, lease for uh, a dollar a year or something like this to the Bourbonnais Group Historical Society. So <clears throat> what you have now, because uh, the the log schoolhouse is rebuilt next to the Latourner house, you have now a sort of a campus, uh, which is quite interesting because uh, it's right in the heart of, of Bourbonnais, if we, you know, if we can call it that way. So you have a, a campus with a Latourner house, with a garden surround, and, uh, and, uh, and now the, the log schoolhouse. It has been done a beautiful job of rebuilding together. About 60% of the logs are original. Unfortunately, some of the logs were infested by termites because at the time when the, the log schoolhouse was built, it was built directly on the ground. You know, there was no idea of protection. And I think the and the, the the schoolhouse was just a dirt floor. Oh, I'm sure it so, was. <laughs> so so some some of the some of the logs could not be used for the rebuilding, but they will used probably uh, for kind of a fence um, around the property or something of this type. And I'm imagining, and I could be wrong, but this there's a chance this is probably the oldest building in the county now or close to Probably. it? Probably. And I, I wonder if it's not in the tri-county because 1837, you don't have anything to my knowledge around neither in Will County. Uh, probably uh, there's some remnant at the island Lacache, uh, possibly, but um, this is really the oldest uh, building, not in Illinois, of course. No. You have... You have in Cahokia and uh, Prairie du Rocher, so you know you have you know very much much older buildings, but for the Kankakee County for sure. Yeah, and this yeah. would have been. I mean, going. I guess kind of going back to the beginning of the the schoolhouse to 1837. Bourbonnais was Bourbonnais founded by that time? Uh, barely, because. Uh, you know, without going to uh, local history 101, <laughs> what you have that you have, there was a, a couple of French people or you know, French people descent, but they were speaking French. And this was still when the, in the 1820s, 1830s, the land was very much the same. It was back 100 years before. So you had um, uh, French traders uh, who <clears throat> had... Um, you know, Potawatomi wives, and uh, and they were trying to develop the area along the river. This is when um, they went to um, uh, villages around um, around Montreal, and they suggested uh, that the French Canadian family could move down there, and there would be a lot of land. It coincided with the fact that it was a very difficult time for the French Canadian. Uh, under British or Anglo rules, so to speak. So several dozens of the family moved down to the Bourbonnais, and Bourbonnais was a name of um, original settler here who had been there 
for a long time. His grandfather had been a soldier in the French army under the French regime, so he was not a newcomer. So this is, in other words, the French-Canadian families who left around the villages around Montreal and came to this area did not come blindly. They knew where they were going, and they knew there was a situation where they would be well-received and was a success. And at first, the church in, in Quebec province was a little hesitant, but then they they got on board and uh, and they send uh, missionaries as well. And uh, so you have um, you have a start. But to be absolutely honest, in 1837, the school was not really organized by French Canadians, but by Americans who lived uh, in this area and. Um, sought importance to have schools. So then, of course, it became uh, a combination of people. Uh, But the majority of the people living in that area were French Canadians by and large. You know, this remained so until 1870s, probably most, most, um, most of the people there were still French Canadian descent basically maybe up to the early 1900s. Are there any documents talking about like what school would have been like at the schoolhouse back in 1837? Is there any? That's your question is very good. And so we, in order to recreate as authentically as possible the atmosphere of the school, we had to look around for all the schools more or less at the same time in other parts of the Midwest and some in Indiana, I think. So we looked around for artifacts because it's not going to be an empty room. It's going to be a room where we recreate as much as possible this classroom atmosphere of the time. So we had received several gifts uh, from artifacts more or less at that period which will be inside the, the, the classroom, recreate the classroom, like, for instance, a portrait of Washington or a flag from the period, um, a copy of the Declaration of Independence, uh, all sorts of artifacts which will give a feeling more um, of what it must have been at the time. And, uh, and also up to the fact that uh, you have a, a place to uh, to attach the horses uh, if you had to come to from a certain place away. So we aimed at recreate as much as possible an uh, atmosphere as it was to be as authentic as possible in order to offer to the new generations, and we hope to have a lot of visitors from the school district far and wide and, and locally, to, to have them a feeling of what it was to be a student in those days. <laughs> oh, yes, my gosh, I can only imagine. Going back to that documentation, was there even documentation of, like, names of, yes, of the we, kids that attended? Yes, we do attended? have the names, yeah. You do? We That's do have a... the names of the people who attended. We do have the names of the people who built it. Uh, don't ask me to repeat them, man. I won't remember <laughs> them. But um, they, they will be... Uh, um, we are going to publish a little booklet, so to speak, which will go along with the building and will give details about 
the the how the school came to be and who was responsible to get it going. So we are going to have uh, very precise information, including clear information about the different families who live there. There's one time a family had 10 children. It's hard to imagine having 10 children already. I don't know if you can imagine that. I have four. It was a lot. <laughs> 10 children and lived in a, in a kind of, um, you know, one room or two room situation, just hard to believe. But, you know, apparently in those days, there was a sense of community, the sense of helping each other and, and not great expectations. Right, exactly. And it's kind of served as a community building too, right? It wasn't just a schoolhouse. Is that correct? Yes, it, it became, it became um, uh, was a, a preacher, a Methodist preacher. It was used um, as, uh, as a church, or I would say perhaps a more, more uh, correctly, a meeting room, a religious meeting room at the time. So it had different roles. It probably at the beginning was one of the few completed building because 1837 to 1845, the, most of the French Canadians uh, had barely a uh, um, type of housing uh, which you can imagine in, in those days, much more like a um, longhouse, um, uh, like the Native Americans um, used to, to live in. So uh, even considering the, the type of weather we have, this must have been a little rough, to, to put it mightily. Yeah, I can't imagine. You know, it's, it's still a work in progress, so to speak. You have to understand that to get to the point where we are, and uh, if you look at the, the log schoolhouse today, the work done by the, the contractor has been extraordinary, remarkably done extremely well. Of course, it was rebuilt along the requirements of, of today, the, the, the zoning, some, you know, so what the foundations are extremely solid. and But basically everything else is authentically as possible. And, you know, this cost us a, a, a lot of money. And uh, we raised a lot of money. We were helped a lot. And certainly Mayor Shaw uh, and his assistant, Lori C, had done an extraordinary job uh, to help it along. They, they became enthusiastic. And it's not usual, you know. Very often, fortunately, you know, the administration of some cities or villages, when you tell them you are going to recreate something which existed, you know, something like two centuries ago, they, they, they have their doubts. But contrary to this attitude, Mayor Shaw and, and his assistant, Loris Seal, who was extraordinarily helpful, just bought on the idea and they became very enthusiastic. It is going to be uh, something unique for for Bourbonnais and the county. Oh, yes, absolutely. And to kind of give people an idea of where it was originally, I know the address is 493 South Main Street, where it, uh, the schoolhouse originally was, um, yeah. which present day at this time, I believe, is actually right next to the Mikasa Mexican restaurant, right? Yeah, that empty yeah, lot like there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because at the time this was um, the heart of Bourbonnais. Bourbonnais at the time was a long street, so to speak, a long road with building on each side. 
And, um, you know, and it was not um, a large settlement um, because um, the, the French sort of spread out uh, a little bit in all directions. So uh, um, Bourbonnais, even at the time, never had a really uh, perhaps a downtown, if, if I may so <laughs> use right. that, that word. Okay, so it has been in sort of a, a tradition, the way the French Canadians um, um, by and large uh, established themselves uh, with a lot of space around around their house. I mean, uh, relatively a lot of space, perhaps at least a couple of acres, in, instead of being very close. So uh, Bourbonnais at the time was kind of spread already. And um, so, so we, you know, today we still have the, the same situation. Yeah. And do you know how the Legree family ended up getting? Well, the Legree family was um, came, I believe, in 1850s. Um, the bulk of the French Canadian families, mainly once the church, the Catholic Church gave its blessing, if I may say so, they <laughs> uh, <clears throat> came in the in 1850s and 60s. So you're talking about you know, perhaps 200 families, which doesn't sound like much, but keep in mind that um, those families have a, a large number of children. So if you yeah. multiply, you know, by uh, by five or six or even 10, all of a sudden in a generation later, you have a very, very large group. And this is why if you look on the, <clears throat> on the telephone book today, you have a lot of uh, of uh, French names surviving, including yours, by the way. Right, yes, including <laughs> me, yeah. Oh, yeah. Including yours, you know. Yep. We happen to have um, in our group a very, very good uh, person as far as genealogy, whose name is Norma Meyer, and uh, she's uh, remarkable. I think she, she has uh, worked in many of those uh, genealogies uh, because, again, you don't talk about... Uh, you know, you talk about five, six generations, maybe eight, the maximum, and um, the Ch Catholic Church kept uh, good records, and most of those records are available. It's not impossible to have a good idea of who who was there. So she was able to figure out that they somehow acquired the the log schoolhouse through well, genealogy, uh, they, the Legree family. Quite, uh, I, I think... Uh, it was the the land was up for sale when it was no longer a meeting a meeting room mm -hmm. a meeting house from the from the Methodist. Uh, you had uh, an itinerant Methodist preacher who used that uh, that building. Since after that, I think by 1850s it became it became a lodging. So it's uh, in a way the the period during which this um, building was uh, used as a school was limited. Therefore, you know, the, you know perhaps, um, you know, some people say, well, you should um, uh, hyphen it, the, the title, log schoolhouse and lodging. Mm. But uh, essentially, it, it, it probably was didn't more have a question. name, right? Did it even have a name? No, no, no. It's, uh, I think it was just called uh, the, the schoolhouse. The schoolhouse, yeah. Yeah. So you know, eventually, now the fact it was built as such thing is really what what counts. 
and how it, it was used later on is important. And we are going to mention this within the building itself. Uh, we'll have a chart, I think, of the genealogical chart. We'll have uh, authentic photographs of the families inside the, the building as well. We are not ignoring that part. Uh, it's it's in a way interesting because it's the way things evolved. They don't remain the same, and uh, the question of opportunity and use what you have at the time. Yeah, and I'm still just blown away that you know a building was built around this schoolhouse, and that was <laughs> so. Was it? It was used as almost like a kind of like a frame then? Yeah, was, yes, I think I mean, it's a good idea. You know, why, you know, people were extremely careful with what they got. So here you have that log building, okay? And, you know, built, seriously built, strongly built, and you were not going to demolish, you were going to use it. You could have used, the, of course, the logs, but then why? You know, the, 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 there's, a, there's a room already existing. Only thing you have to do maybe is to add a couple of windows and um, add a couple of rooms, uh, make it more comfortable inside maybe with plaster or something. So they make use of what you got. It's a little bit like if, you know, you have old clothing from your older brother. Well, you know, you kind of, Cut it down a little bit, and uh, here you go. You, you have a new outfit for for the other members of the family. In other words, things were precious and expensive, and you're not going to buy about to to get rid of them. You know, we are now becoming we became a, a society which wastes an enormous quantity or material goods, you know, not even mm. talking about food. Sure. But in those days, everything count. Mm -hmm. Everything was important, not only in North America, all around the world. And Yeah, I mean, for those that are wondering, we've mentioned, obviously, it's right next to the Letourneau house, but that is Stratford Drive, correct? Right, exactly. Yeah, so Stratford yes. Drive in Bourbonnais, if you go down there, you're going to find that campus where the log school house is. Exactly, and, exactly. And we, the are almost other across, we are almost across the, the city hall. Yes. You know, and uh, so we are, and a lot of um, businesses are around there. You have not far away, you have Starbucks, you have, you have Jewel, you have a lot. In other words, it's not out of nowhere. It's just right in the center and, and deserved um, a detour and, and stopping and, see what it is and also the we must also be thankful to the journal who has done a very very good job at publicizing our our efforts and i hope after november 15 our success yes i'm i'm hoping so too and so after you know november 15th so is it just open to the public yes we are going to work on that because obviously we need to serve somebody here because we are going to have artifacts. Uh, so uh, something is going to work. Like the Latourno House is open to the public and uh, particularly on, on Sundays. So we are going to work, you know, we need volunteers. Uh, it's, a, it's not easy to, to get people to do that, but uh, we need volunteers. Uh, so a um, uh, schedule will have been published and uh, we'll work on that. Um, but, you know, it's interesting because 
Uh, one of the meetings, and we had a mo- monthly meeting with, uh, we have a small committee with Mayor Shaw and Laurie Sear, and people like Norm Strasma, who you know is uh, the person who was behind uh, the success of the Lloyd Wright uh, House in Bradley. Uh, and we, we we meet regularly, and um, and the mayor is all excited because he said, well, we're doing this, but what next? And next, of course, is uh, the anniversary of the creation of, of Bourbonnais, the incorporation of Bourbonnais. So um, there's a nice atmosphere. I think a lot of people now have found a new way to be interested in the past, which was which made possible to this present. I know it sounds like a cliche, <laughs> but many cliches are cliches because they are true. Yes. And uh, yeah, that's, that's the way it is. You know, you have a, to have a foundation. Yes. And we yeah, we have a good foundation in, in the Bourbonnais, uh, you know, origins. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'm grateful for all of your work as well, because it took a long time. I'm 10 years, or yeah, 11 years. years, you know. To, yeah, you know, yeah to, because um, uh, if, from the start, it was not a given. When you look at the cost, was uh, was heavy, and you you really start to think, how are we going to to um, able to get and uh, get enough money to put this together? In the meantime, the logs were you know protecting a warehouse, but you know is this like anything else? Uh, in a warehouse, is not exactly a good environment for anything. Right. Um, so it's but uh, it it happened. You know, it's a kind of a small miracle, so to speak, if you believe in miracles, of course. Oh, oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> so was there anything else interesting about the 1837 Log Schoolhouse in Bourbon A? Anything other interesting well, facts know, about it? What's interesting about the children of the time, and I think they were about, if I do remember, we have all their names. They were about eight or ten, and one of our... Um, we were trying to, but it's not easy, to find descendants of the children, and uh, you know that's that's quite. Um, but this is not an easy task. No, because that's a to, lot of generations. Yeah. To... Well, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Relatively, and and people move also. You know that um, too. Yeah. Yeah. People move, but or the families uh, die out. You know, yeah, they yeah, don't. Yeah. Their 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 yeah. families don't reproduce, and right, exactly. So this is a, uh, uh, and uh, we were trying to find uh, who was teaching. You know, that's not easy to find either. You know, and uh, definitely it was a man because in those days um, only men were teaching. You know, this later on you had women, but you know the requirements were were severe as far as. Um, being able to, to teach in school. And, and later on, of course, the nuns were predominant here. I mean, basically, oh, yeah. they took over. They, they actually, the Catholic Church was actually the only, only establishment teaching in for for decades in the Bourbonnais uh, area. So, so if you uh, had to were, go to school, that's where you would go. There is no yeah, public you have no school. Choice. No, yeah, no yeah, choice. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah, no choice. You know, the existence of, of that uh, log school is a, uh, was a kind of, um, I would say, um, um, you know, a challenge from the start. You know, I'm trying to, to, to get in the mind of the people 
who decided they needed a school. So obviously they did it and they wanted to have a school. You know, so now people talk a lot about homeschooling. And certainly you had perforce in many families homeschooling because you didn't have any choice. But to make the step of creating a place dedicated to school outside any home, I think was a a great step. Uh, My hope that somehow, maybe in some archives, we'll find some correspondence about it. It may exist in private archives. Sure. It may exist in some county archives. I, I don't know at this point. Right. Yeah, it's an ongoing thing. So, But I think it's super exciting that the ball continues to roll. Yeah. Even though the schoolhouse is erected, it's still continued. The, the research continues. And, and furthermore, because... It's rebuilt. All of a sudden, you have a lot of people, a lot of people, all is relative, who all of a sudden appear out of nowhere and say, oh, I had um, I had something to do. My great-grandmother was in a single room school, and here's some artifacts. And other people who have some relation with this area. So the fact we have this building is going to help to probably, well, at least I hope, maybe not probably, but perhaps to help to uh, find and to wake up uh, some people who in their distant memory heard about something in their own family. I'm hopeful that um, uh, having the building itself will generate interest. And if you have a generator interest, some people have been in this area long enough or who have moved away from the area but kept a relationship with the area will um, will come up with a new new found yeah and already it happened you know it already happened oh yeah i'm sure that that is bound to happen as word gets out more and more about the the log schoolhouse and um the all the you know there's obviously still a lot of the original families, uh, French-Canadian families from the area in Kankakee County. So as word gets out, there's bound to hopefully uncover even more fascinating artifacts or just information about either the schoolhouse or just the area as a whole. So if anyone does discover something and they're like, I wonder if they would be interested in this, I mean, they can just reach out to the Bourbon Egg Grove Historical Society. Absolutely. In fact, you know, we we have a... Quite a few donations continuously by uh, people who find things in their home. In fact, we are in a situation at the Tuno House where we have no more room, and we, for this reason, there's a room that um, the City Hall of Bourbonnais has organized for the surplus of artifacts. It generates interest, and uh, unfortunately, we are limited in space. You know, the Tuno House is a um, it's relatively a small building, and uh, and we have to do a sort of triage to make sure we um, show and we display objects which are linked with uh, with the house. You try to you want to avoid to become um, you know a kind of antique roadshow uh, <laughs> on, on, on steroids. You know, you don't want that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah it's, um, right. So it's uh, it's a um, there's a triage going on, and uh, you know it's uh, always uh, the problem because you need a curator, and uh, it's 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 not 
easy task. Charles, is there anything else you want to add about the log schoolhouse? Well, I hope that, um, you know, everybody interested drops by and uh, I have in front of me the program and um, we'll start at two o'clock and on Stratford Drive East. There will be, um, of course, of official recognition. Um, you know, we'll have a ceremonial reopening. We have music and songs. We have we are going to have organized tours. I hope as many people can come. This is um, open. You know, we cannot close the the, the street to traffic, but uh, there's room. You know, and there's a lot of room. And you know, the French Consul General will be there. Oh, that's a representation exciting. from the Quebec delegation will be there as well because um, the government of Quebec has its own delegation in Chicago and many other places. So it's going to be um, a happening, very pleasant, joyous happening. We hope the weather will cooperate and will not be ferociously cold. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah. we'll have a tent. We have a tent, and I think uh, some refreshments will be served. And, of course, later on at the Kangaki Country Club, we have a, a dinner, with a small fundraising dinner at uh, 5.30, because once our schoolhouse is open, we have to maintain. Let's not forget, you know, things requires attention, and uh, every building requires to be maintained. So we no longer have to raise a big money, but still we have to keep in making sure we have enough funds to to keep this in shape for the generations of the future. That's the whole idea. We want to transfer the tradition. We want to transfer the memory. In other words, uh, self-keeping the past is an ongoing activities oriented towards the future. I could not agree more. Well, Charles, thank you so much for taking time out of your evening to talk it with us. It was a pleasure, Jack. Okay, and good luck in your activities, and hopefully a lot of people will listen to that and um, will show up. I'm sure on they November will. November 15 at 2 o'clock. Yes, I'm hoping so, and I'm looking forward to seeing you there. Okay, all right. Thank you again. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Charles. Thank you once again to Dr. Charles Belize for being on Kankakee Podcast today to tell us about the Bourbonnet 1837 Log Schoolhouse. It is officially open now. As of tomorrow, the official unveiling happens. So if you are very interested in seeing what this schoolhouse looks like, you can go to Stratford Drive in Bourbonnet and check it out. Obviously, they're only open certain hours and days of the week. So you want to plan your trip accordingly, right, to go to, to the museum campus there on Stratford Drive in Bourbonnet. I'm Jake Lamore. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Kankakee Podcast. Also, a special thank you to our patrons for helping make this episode possible. And that includes Karen Bishop, Jake Lee, Jesse Arsenal, Dave Barron, Daryl Damper, Samantha Rocknowski, Lake Iverson, Travis Garcia, Jane Bostwick, Dawn Harrison, Simon Topless, Scott Wright, Carrie O'Connell, Jamie Race, Joanne Barry, Anthony Vicelli, Eric Olson, Carl Erps, Jeff and Rosa Carroll, 
Teague Drenan, Sandy and Steve Twait, and Rose Lucky. Now, to become a podcast patron, go to kankakeepodcast.com, click on the patron tab, and if you pledge $5 or more per month, you'll also hear your name announced on an episode. There's also other rewards like early access to new episodes. There's video versions of select episodes. There's even extended versions of some episodes where you can hear an additional 40 to 60 minutes of that person talking about whatever subject it is about Kankakee County. There's also discounts on special events and so much more. So your monthly pledge is truly appreciated. Our monthly goal right now is to reach $400 per month. We're about 37% away from reaching that goal. So please sign up for the patron program today at kankakeepodcast.com. Our theme song is written and performed by Lupe Carroll and recorded by Daniel Bishop. This river can-